Okay, everybody. I have something really cool to tell you about. If you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain here. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. And then you can get started. It's really fun. We just switched over recently here at All Too Real 2, and I'm enjoying it so far. So be sure to check it out and uh, let us know what you think. What in the universe is that? Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Cullen the second, and with me as always is well at least social distancing away from me today, um, is my co host and uh friend. Oh yeah. And of and um uh, confidant. Uh, Matthew Star. Matthew Star. Matthew Hostar. Matthew Hostar. Matthew Hostar. Yeah. Hostar. Yes. Hostar. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you changed your name. <clears throat> well, I, I I realized that I'm a distant relative of the main character in Star Crash, whose name is Bella Star. I'm like her, like great, 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 great nephew, or something like that. So. Well, y- you know, you should uh, capitalize on that and maybe make a sequel to Star Crash. Sure, yeah, that could, that could be cool. <laughs> so, um, yes, a- as we've mentioned, the uh, the film that we are covering today is the 1978 classic Star Crash. Directed by Luigi Cozy under the name Lewis Coates. Yep. He changed his name for some reason. I mean, I think Luigi Cozy sounds better. It does. A lot better. And the film um, stars, pun intended, um... (laughs) Actors such as Marjo Gortner, Caroline Monroe, Joe Spinell, David Baywatch Hasselhoff, (laughs) and for some reason, Christopher fucking Plummer. Yes. Sound of Music. Star. 
Christopher Plummer. <laughs> he must have been like drunk or something when he accepted that role. I heard that the reason he accepted the role, or should I say I read because I didn't actually hear it, um, <clears throat> was that um, they filmed the f- movie in, in Rome. And uh, he said he'd do it just because it was in Rome. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So he, he said he would hey. do... He, basically, I think the quote that I read from him, he says, I would do a porn film if it was shot in Rome. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, it's Italian, Italian porn is probably, you know, pretty good, but... <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's like a working vacation right there, you know. Yeah. See, you gotta be smart, you know, when you're an actor, when you're in entertainment, you know, you gotta, you gotta plan things, you know, you, you know, you know, hey, you know, you save on money because you, you're working, so you're making money, but you're also in a different location, so there you go, you get best of both worlds. Yeah. You get to, you get to play the emperor and the possibly the worst sci-fi film of all time, and on break, you get to drink wine and whatever, and. Uh, Yes. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so, uh, what what is this movie about, Matt? What happens in it? What is it about? I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's about <clears throat> many things, I guess. There's two smugglers. It's Stella Starr, played by Carolyn Monroe, and then her alien uh, just sidekick, I guess. He doesn't look like an alien. He looks like a human, but um, played by Marjo or, or um, Margo, whatever. I can't say his name, but Marjo or something. Gordon. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. The the formal child preacher uh, for Pentecostalism in America. Yeah, it's the youngest one ever, I believe, at four years old. Yeah, like officially ordained because you know I guess I guess they have some kind of process that. You know, you have to go through to actually be, you know, official, and that's parents pretty much, <clears throat> basically because he's a good orator and he can memorize lines really good. Which in this movie is really not very many lines that you need to memorize. <laughs> but they're smugglers, and uh, they get caught by the police after after finding like a crash site of another ship, and they they find one survivor. And the, the guy's talking about red monsters killing everyone. Turns out that the, the ship kind of went through, I guess they crossed like some kind of invisible threshold. And, um, these weird red transparent bubbles just appeared inside their ship somehow and caused everyone to go insane. Like that's, that's some weird weapon that someone has. And you're going to find out soon who this someone is because it's hilarious. Great name to Count Zart with a Z. Oh, hmm. Wonder what that sounds like. Zart and Darth. I'm pretty sure that's just a coincidence. Hey, he's wearing a cape, vampire cape, and his name is Count, so that's totally a coincidence. He's a vampire lord, okay, in space. Yes, and and, but, and Joe Spinell who plays him looks like a uh I don't know, like the wish version of um of uh Gomez <laughs> Adams or something. I don't know what the fuck's going on. But anyways, <laughs> I know. So yeah, so, so yeah, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. So yeah, so <laughs> they they you know this this weapon makes people go insane, I guess. And then uh, right after they save this guy or whatever. Oh, by the way, it's, it's hilarious. So like when um when Stella is like, I'm gonna go check this out or whatever. She puts on like all of this like protective gear. Normally she's just wearing like like just like like a skimpy kind of outfit because you know she was a you know woman in the 70s and so they wanted to you know capitalize on that but you know she put on like you know her space suit and everything she goes outside the ship and then she goes like through these, through these real like tunnels or whatever and then she gets the guy out but she just carries the guy in just his regular clothes out into the vacuum of space and so like wait a minute so it's okay for him to just be exposed yeah. The elements and it's fine, but she has to like put out all this protective gear, whatever. I think they just failed to see that because you know they wrote this movie in ten days and probably filmed it in like twenty, so they probably missed a bunch of stuff. But 
and uh, so the cops come. They go, oh, it must be the cops. That's that's their line in the movie. And um, it's got this guy wearing, you know, five-hour green paint on his face, but not his neck, because you can see his neck is white. So they didn't even bother to color all of his body, just in case, you know, any other part of his body but his face was ever exposed. And then a robot slash droid with a southern accent, or a very stereotypical southern accent, rather. I don't get it, Mike. And, um, yeah, his, and his name they, is L. Yeah, L. Yeah. Just L. And the, yeah. L. L, um, yeah, and he's played by uh, Judd Hamilton. And he, yeah, and like you said, yeah, he sounds like a, yeah, he, like, like I said, he sounds like a, um, like, like Roscoe from, uh, from Dukes of Hazard or something. You know, he's just like freaking stereotypical Southern cop sounding. It's just, I don't know. I know. It's just so jarring to hear because, and not only that too, like he, he walks like a human, like in Star Wars, you know, C-3PO walks very, you know, robotic, you know, um, uh, R2-D2, you know, it's the same thing. This guy is like practically off, like stretching his legs and doing all these kind of like, you know, human-like postures. And like, okay, just this, this, I'm not buying the idea that this guy is a robot, like at all. <laughs> just, I'm just not seeing it. So they chase him into hyperspace. Uh, eventually, they get caught because you know the cops can follow them into hyperspace. And then, uh, then they go to this weird trial where this disembodied weird alien head type of thing in like a tube is the judge of the universe I guess they didn't really explain who this person was and he's the only time he shows up in the entire film and then he sentenced the alien to like 250 years hard labor because I guess this alien is like immortal so whatever and then um, he sends Stella Star to a different penal colony for you know, basically hard labor for the rest of her life. So then they go to some, you know, makeshift prison where the prisoners are like carrying like this weird radioactive like giant ball that they put in like a furnace for some reason. Not yeah, sure I don't what. know what the deal was. <laughs> and yeah, it's, and and then after that they they come and rescue her. But, but wait, though, she starts a prison riot and gets all of her prisoners killed. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. After that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she she's she, she's killed more people so far in the movie than the freaking villain. Right. But we don't even meet yet. Yeah, yeah. that's the movie. She shows up later after all this. So she, yeah. she literally goes to her places because they gave her, like, they gave, like, a five-minute break for rest and whatever. And she's literally just talking out in the open and doing the prison escape. It's like, dude, there's, like, guards, like, just walking all around you. Like, you know, she's like, there's got to be a way we can escape from this place. It's weird because her companions, who were fellow prisoners, literally, like, right before that, they're like, you better keep working or they're going to hit you with their, their energy whips or whatever. And then she's like, you know, they're all, you know, like, afraid, like, you know, just, just keep your head down, do, do what you're told, you know, don't don't cause, you know, a scene or whatever. And then she's like, but there must be a way to escape. And then literally right after that, they're like, there is a way to escape. It's like, okay, so what changed their belief all of a sudden from keep your head down, do what you're told to, we're going to break out of this motherfucker. Like, what the hell happened? Yeah. <laughs> I don't you know. know. Bad acting happened. But, um, it's, it's, it's such great writing, you know? Yeah. So they get killed because the guards start shooting their lasers at everyone. You know, her two companions die after basically protecting her. She just literally just watches them die and just walks outside of the prison <laughs> and then finds the ship landing. And they, like you said, it turns out that they just came to, they, they canceled her, her uh, prison sentence. Which if, if, if we would have, you know, been there like 30 seconds earlier, those people wouldn't have died. Right. Uh, maybe it was for the best. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They didn't give you enough time to care about those people before they died either, but um 
Right. It was just, yeah, exactly. There's no character development. Well, there is a little bit in this film, but not much. Yeah. Like, Acton, Acton you know, he's, he's a pretty main character throughout most of the film, so... Um, Stella, obviously, um, Christopher Plummer's Emperor. So, yeah, so this is so different than Star Wars because in this movie, the Emperor's the good guy, and yes. the bad guy is, is Count Zart. So they just kind of took Star Wars and just split it up into two instead of the Emperor and Zart working together. Now they're just diametrically opposed to each other. So that's a big difference between mm-hmm. this and Star Wars. Just got to make sure you know that. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, and, and by the way, the be earlier on in the movie, um, there's like this weird floating head thing that that sentenced her. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just me, but the head for some odd reason looks like Donald Trump to me. <laughs> yeah, it does a little bit. <laughs> I was I was actually wondering this if I was seeing that or or someone like did like a weird. Like editing thing and put that in there, like yeah. to kind of like mess with you. <laughs> but no, when, when I'm watching it, I'm like, is that Donald Trump? Was he in this movie? No. <laughs> he might have been. Let's see, seventy-eight. He would have been like thirtieth time. Yeah, <laughs> like, <I couldn't> <laughs> you know, treating around the world with his daddy's money and <laughs> Wow. Uh, back when we could travel around the world because, you know, certain people, <clears throat> you know, don't, don't take certain things seriously, but whatever. And... Speaking of Trump, yeah, anyways, um, so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what happens next here, Matt? Uh, okay, so, let's see, <clears throat> I'm trying to follow the linear plot as much as possible here, um, she, yeah, they say, you know, her, her sentence was canceled. They even use the word canceled. It sounds so hokey and weird. Yes. Says that. They're like, by the way, your prison sentence is canceled. Okay. Like, what, school's canceled? What? But, um. It was just a bad TV they, series, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only, time, wow. the only time prison and canceled should be involved in the same sentence are like when they canceled prison break. But, um, anyways, that was yeah, a really yeah, bad yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, But, uh, okay. It's a good joke, though. It's a good, bad joke. Yes. <laughs> Starring my favorite dudes, Leonard Starr and Mick Rory, both the actors <laughs> play both characters. That's not their names, but... Uh, <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, they say, you know, basically, uh, this was kind of like a trick, I guess, to see, like, how good of a pilot she was. Like, if they were, like, testing her and, and acting because they need them to um, rescue... The Emperor's son, who later on is played by David Hasselhoff, um, and any other survivors, because they need to, um, the way the Emperor described it is that the, the whole universe is now divided between two warring factions, both his side and Count Zark, um, his side, you know, the dark, by the way, you know, he's not just part of the dark side, no, 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 no. Count Zard is the leader of the Legion of Dark Worlds, man. Way cooler name than the Dark Side. Just saying. Star oh, Crash yeah. has a one-up on Star Wars right here. But <laughs> Yes. That's actually the name of my new band. What? The Legion of Dark Worlds? Yeah. <laughs> cool. I, I like that. It's pretty cool. Yes. So, he says, hey, you know, you and Acton, the child preacher, need to um, go and save the universe, I guess, or something. So they're like, oh, okay. So they go and leave or something, and she goes off to do something. I forgot what. He stays on the ship for whatever reason. He's just playing with fucking energy or some bullshit. Really great graphics, by the way, with these weird laser little energy things he's playing with his hands. <laughs> and um, and the green guy, Thor, Thor, the green guy, not Hulk, Thor. Yeah, and he, the, who looks like who looks like uh, Drax from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, but so his name's Thor. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they was but it's like really confusing. Like, wait a minute, you look like you got the green paint like the Hulk, but your name is Thor, but you look like fucking Drax. Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> And spoiler alert, it turns out Thor is a double agent that's working for Count Zard. Oh, no! And he he's really sold it, too, because at one point they have a big star battle, 
and you know he's pretending to be you know on the emperor side so he's he's shooting you know against his own companions here to you know make sure that he keeps his cover and eventually they lose it win that battle and then they, they zoom right on the door and he goes we did it we won as he's nodding his head i'm like yeah such passion man wow <laughs> yeah wow and then he knocks out Acton, and then he tries to take over the ship, but Acton put a bunch of fail-safe uh, mechanisms into the ship so that couldn't be reprogrammed. Later on, we, we, we learn it's because Acton apparently can see into the future, so he's a seer now as well, but he was not allowed to tell anyone about the future, so he just... So he, he can do stuff that he knows will change the future for some reason, but... He can't tell anyone else about the future because they'll want to change the future. But wait, what? Yeah, that wasn't like, lazy. Okay, that then, wasn't uh, lazy writing at all. That that, that, know, that like, wasn't you know, creating a character just for plot devices at all. At all, no. No, Acton is almost too perfect of a character. Like he can't die. Well, later on he does for no reason. But he, he can literally withstand like laser shots to the chest. Doesn't do anything to him as long as he activates, like, the super Saiyan power or whatever, and then, um, which, for some reason, he doesn't have activated at all times for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe it makes him tired. And then, so he kills Thor, the green guy, by reflecting the laser shots to him, and he's, like, doing this weird, like, shaking motion as he's doing it, kind of like Bruce Lee did, like, whenever he would, like, win a fight in one of his movies where he's making, like, his whole body like pulsate or whatever okay this is some weird shit meanwhile Stella is like tracing around all the planets trying to with L by the way the, the robot southern guy and uh they go Stella they Star first, I don't remember what, what's the yeah Stella Star Stella Star how'd you go do that years <laughs> and, well, I don't, I don't know which planet they went on first, but they, I know they went on a few. So it was like they Skywalker, where they went on way too many planets with too little of time. Granted, right, right, Skywalker's better in this movie, barely, but it is. You know? <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. <laughs> so, uh, hey Matt, do you want to take a break really quick, and then we'll come back to the plot of this, uh, this, this epic film? Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll be right back, folks. Hi, folks. This is Michael E. Cullen II from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with manager Matthew Haas. You got promoted? Yes. Damn it. Okay, anyways, um, folks, uh, do you like the show Superstore? I don't know. I asked the folks and nobody's answering well, me. Because they're not here. Oh, but we love damn it. it. Yeah, we love it, though. Okay, folks, if you like it as much as we do, you're really going to like the Super Story podcast, which is a podcast where Matthew and I go uh, episode by episode and give our little opinions and thoughts on it. Uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, just depends on how we're feeling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so if you like this podcast and like our little crazy banter, then you should definitely check this out. Or I might get sad. And when I get sad, it gets pretty sad. So, I can't deal with him when he's sad. Yeah, no one can really. So, um, yeah. So, so check out uh, Super Story Podcast right here where you get this podcast, Super Story Podcast. Any day. I'm ready. I'm ready. When you need magical appraisal, you won't find a wizard as wizened as Wizard Quaff. The world is expendable in the grand scale of my hatred for creatures beyond my understanding. And you, Megas Elgar, even if he has some peculiar preferences. Abominations! Curb your tongue! Let's you uncork my lust for opiates! You can hear Wizard Quaff and his exciting adventures in the upcoming radio comedy, Megas Elgar. Visit MegasElgar.com to download your copy today. And we are back. <laughs> yes, we are. We are back. With, you, with two shakes of a rabbit's ass or hey. something. I don't know. Hey, you know, when, 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 when a bird's in a tree, it means that a bird's in a tree. <laughs> That's right. You know, I don't know what that means. Uh, but I do, I do know. You know, when, when a spaceship's in the sky, a spaceship's in the sky. 
Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, and, and back to Scar, Star, Star Crash. Your Crash Star, whatever you want to call it. It amazed me. So, so mm-hmm. you know, they crash on some planets, but they never once crash on a star. Never. Not once. Unless they're talking What's about... <laughs> Unless they're talking about the fact that Stella Star crashes. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, technically she does a lot. She crashes a lot. So yeah. uh, it is a star crash in a sense. And yet, somehow she's supposed to be the best pilot in the galaxy somehow. I don't know. And then, um, but yet she's done nothing but make mistakes the entire time. Okay, whatever. And then, uh, <laughs> so uh, they go on these different planets, like in Rise of Skywalker, but they go on so many is ridiculous. I don't remember the order, but I know one of them is that it's a bunch of Amazons that run this planet, and they are, I guess, they're part of, like, the Dark Legion of Worlds. They're, they're working for Count, Count Zarth. And yeah. They um, kidnap, uh, you know, they kidnap Stella and L, and then they get this weird, like, giant robotic, like, statue, like, metal statue thing just, like, standing, like, just standing there. That has nipples. What's that? That has nipples. Yeah, it's got it's got a breast because probably it's supposed to be like a female, you know, yeah. warrior to symbolize, you know, the rest of them. So like, and they're all dressed off scantily clad as well. So it becomes like this like oh hot girl fight going on, really shitty karate chops. Like 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 you know, like martial like like martial arts have gotten so much better since the seventies. Like for fighting scenes in general, because I noticed that a lot of shows. In movies in the seventies, they all do like this weird chop motion a lot in like movies and stuff. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, a lot better. <laughs> well, it's 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 like fighting in general. It's like if you watch the uh, like a New Hope of the you know the Star Wars movies and that that uh, lightsaber battle between Obi Wan and and Darth Vader, and you compare that to uh, like uh, in the uh, prequel trilogy. When you've got the the last battle between Obi Wan and Anakin, it's like it's like so much more advanced fighting. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> oh yeah, but somehow like it was supposed. To, but somehow it was supposed to happen before the others. But anyways, well, that that's for yeah, another, yeah, that's for another day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they try to kidnap her. Um, they just leave Elle there on the floor with the fucking bun right by his hand. Like, that was just some interesting little, oh, yeah, we knocked him out, but we gave him a weapon just in case he wakes up. So, of course, he wakes up, and then it's the most hilarious thing ever. Like, he goes full on, like, Southern. He's like, I'm going to blast you if you don't let her go. <laughs> I mean, it's like the worst <laughs> thing ever. Like, like I'm going to churn your queen's brain to space mush or something like that. I don't know if you can say that, but like, it's just like, what the hell is going on? He's like, like don't, don't you dare open that door. It's like, oh, he's like, come on, Stella, we're going. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, boy. I will yeah, tell you, the leader, the leader of the Amazon women was really hot, though. Yeah, well, they all were, but she was, yeah, yeah particularly. She kind of reminded me of, um... Um, I forgot her name. The, the lead singer of Heart. She she reminded me of her. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I can't think of her name though. Um, Wilson, something Wilson, right? Um, Nancy. Ah, shit. Whatever. Nancy. Well, I know if there's. I don't know if she was Nancy or the other one. I don't remember. But yeah, yeah one of the Wilsons. Yeah. Sisters, Heart. <laughs> uh, great band, by the way. If you if you're not familiar with Heart, you should really check out like their first three albums. Really good stuff. But I saw them in concert once. Yeah. Oh, really sweet. Yeah, back in the 90s, I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah, great band. Great, mm-hmm. great songwriting. <laughs> yeah, it was um, Heart, Heart, yeah, and, she, Heart and Cheap Trick. That was a good concert. Cheap Trick. Oh, yeah. wow. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so then what happens here? Uh, <clears throat> well, they escape... And then the, the Amazon queen, she like shoots lasers out of her eyes and goes, avenge me or take my revenge. And then that, that gives life to the big statue thing. And I gotta tell you, this, this, this like 
special effects was like way better than anything we saw in Rise of Skywalker. Like, like, like just the way it walks like a stiff log and was just making like <laughs> crashing sounds. I mean, God, like way better than anything I've ever seen like in Star Wars or any of those like well, great the, sci-fi. The director movies. said he was a big fan of Ray ha- Harryhausen who was mm-hmm. known for uh, doing all those stop motion like Jason and the Argonauts and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that it was very much in line with that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this what it looked like. So, and this this thing was pretty easy to beat. I mean, like, she threw the sword at Stella at one point, and it trapped her, and then Elle had to go, you know, knock it out or whatever. But then the ship came back, and I think it was Acton shot the, you know, shot it with a bunch of lasers, so then it killed the statue or whatever, and then they, you know, went back on the ship, and then Acton told them about, you know, Thor's betrayal and all that jazz, and then and they had to go to a new planet. This one, this one was an ice planet, which is interesting. This came out before Empire Strikes Back, so I'm thinking, hey, they're like, hey, they're gonna fuck, they're gonna steal our shit. We're gonna steal from them for our next movie and do an ice planet thing. So, yes. They, so, they, you know. Yeah. Hoth would have never happened if it wasn't for uh, Starcraft. <laughs> Maybe. We don't know. But <laughs> it's possible. I mean, um, you know, it'd be great revenge, really, because they obviously ripped off the story so much. So, yeah, um, yeah they, they go on ice planet, whatever it is, uh, you know, they're, you know, Acton told them, you know, that, you know, this planet will drop like thousands of degrees, like within a, the second the sun sets. So you need to be sheltered at that point. Well, they didn't make it in time. So Powell apparently has some weird fancy robot powers. He can regulate someone's temperature somehow just by holding their hand. I think he was just trying to make an excuse to like hold her hand or something like that because he had a crush on her. But like, and, oh, um, yeah, of course, because at one point he even said when he was trying to protect her, he's like, he's like, you know, this is time for some robot chauvinism. I'm like, okay, that's some weird like political point, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what the fuck, you like, robot yeah, chauvinist pig, you? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you robot. Show with us. I'm, I'm gonna go, and you, you stay right here. And of course, he ends up fucking up, and then uh, <laughs> and she ends up getting the tax or or kidney. That's that's later, but whatever. So he regulates her temperature somehow by holding her hand, her hand, and then they he wakes up or whatever, takes her to the ship, and um, uh, Acton falls her out with his magical force abilities, which they don't say is the force, but whatever, and um. And then she's like back to with Weaver because she was wearing like a suit when she was, you know, in the ice planet. But then somehow when he thought her out, I guess thought out all of her clothes, just melted her clothes. And then she was back to wearing like her underwear and bikini again. So I don't know. And her makeup was completely like, you know, like it just been put on. So that's, that's an interesting force ability. Like a, I guess like a beauty force ability or something that he has, but whatever. <laughs> and, um, and then, uh, then they gotta go to another planet. Uh, I know, I know I'm miss, I know I'm missing. Oh no. Okay. So Count Zard, his, his minions are like these like little ro- like claymation robot things that look like it came from the fucking Jack Frost, uh, cartoon from the 70s. Yeah. Very, very, very oh Harry Housen again. Yeah. Yeah. These things were terrible looking and they were making these weird, like, like, metal sounds but like almost like a sizzling sound like like they were like spinning something or it was weird <laughs> they, they were making bacon not oh, wait <laughs> yeah it, yeah it looked like they were cooking something like cooking metal or I don't know yeah and then that's you know those are his big like you know robot warriors I guess or whatever so they uh they go to a different planet this time but this this planet's kind of like cavemen live here so it is kind of like Star Wars where you know different planets you know have different like levels of civilization like some planets are like super super advanced and others are still kind of like in like the Stone Age so this yeah or, or like Star yeah. Trek in a way too because that's what happened on you know on Star Trek there was a lot of they visited right. different planets that were some were advanced some weren't yeah 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 
so they they completely destroy L, like basically beating him into pieces, knock his head off, tear him limb from limb. So L's pretty much dead at this point, so we think. And then uh, and they kidnap um, Stella. <clears throat> and presumably, I'm thinking they kidnapped her, her because she's hanging by a fire with her head, you know, upside down. And it looks like they're eating like meat. I'm assuming they're eating like human meat, but they already have meat to eat. Like already, who's the other person that they killed? I don't know. Whatever. Again, I don't think they thought that through. But uh, and so she's calling out for help and stuff. And then suddenly, this this uh, humanoid in the weird like alien mask who showed up earlier. He kind of peeked his head above like a sandbar or something like that earlier in this scene. And turns out that he's David Hasselhoff, and he could shoot lasers from his eyes somehow. Yeah, I'm not sure how. And then um, he's so so David. So the Hoff, you know, the Hoff does not like the hassling. So you know, he saves her. <laughs> don't <laughs> hassle the Hoff, man. Don't hassle the Hoff. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't hassle the Hoff. So he saves her, and then they they go and leave, and then um. The you know the cavemen they find that they start to fight him and then Acton shows up in complete brutality mode with a laser sword that's blue and he just ha- like, have have we seen anything like that in any other films before this I don't know like a laser sword that's blue I don't know like yeah. I, I can't really think of anything like that no um you know if, if, if like, I were to call it something I might call it something like a light um. Um, yeah. Um, um, saber. A lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I might call it. Yeah, like a lightsaber. Something like that. That's a good name. Yeah. <laughs> so I should, I should, I should he, copyright he, that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We should copyright, yeah, lightsaber. It's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes in absolute, like, murder mode here. Like, he looks like he's just, like, got, like, filled with rage. And he's, like, just, like, jumping off of, like, rocks and, like, slicing down any even he could find, even the ones that are running away, killing them. It's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, they surrendered. You don't need to kill them. But, uh, but you know, whatever. And then, uh, he, you know, explains, you know, what's going on or whatever. And then, you know, Hasselhoff reveals that he's the prince. Or he's, he's the one that they've been looking for. Blah, blah, blah. Simon. Simon, sorry, Simon. Simon says that, that they gotta go now to find Count Zars secret layer planet, whatever, because his weapon is the size of an entire planet. I wonder what we heard that. A, a weapon that's so huge, uh, it's like a planet size? Well, that's well, a really interesting... Well, I'll give him this. In Star Wars, it was only the size of a moon. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give him that. <laughs> so, so, Count Zars has a planet, so it's like my... My my weapon's bigger than your weapon type of thing, so um, of course, you know, the Death Star shoots out lasers that destroys the planet. This fucking weapon is just a bunch of red bubbles that makes you go crazy, so I'm not sure which is worse, but uh, I know which one looks cooler, so whatever. <laughs> I don't so, know. So, they go to the lair. Oh, no, they, they, they survive to the end, because just like the one ship, when they once they cross a certain threshold, that's when the weapon attacks. Because I guess it has like a radius that it can't go beyond a certain point. That you 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 have to be with its limit to be controlled by the weapon, which seems kind of. Being going up there, okay, because the Death Star could just shoot like millions of miles away, but you got to be in range for this weapon to attack you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Like what? That seems kind of dumb. Okay, so it's bigger but they, less advanced. Yeah, yeah, it's bigger. Yeah, it's bigger but less advanced. Well, that sounds like our president. Oh, sorry. So uh, yeah. Body blow. <laughs> Speaking of evil sorry, rulers, that, that was, um, yeah. Anyways, um, sorry, that was like a fat game. I'm, I'm, I'm a big guy myself. That was, that was stupid to be whatever. Um, so um. It's more like a big head. It's more, more, you know, ego, whatever. Okay. Yeah, and, um, gotcha. Well, well, you need intelligence to have an ego, whatever. So I'm gonna keep doing side sidebars here. But uh, <laughs> uh, so they say, yeah. 
they, they, they cross the threshold, they get attacked by the, the weapon, but I guess because they're with Acton, and that he's so powerful that I guess they they survive the attack. I can understand him surviving the attack because he's like an all-powerful being, but I'm not sure just because you're in physical proximity of an all-powerful being that somehow you like get to siphon some of that person power to yourself, whatever. Well, speaking uh, of the that's president, that's what happens when, um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, so they survive the attacks, so and now, now they can go to the actual planet and find the weapon or whatever. Turns out <clears throat> that the weapon is even lamer than we thought before. The weapon isn't even an actual weapon. It's just a mind weapon. It just makes you go insane. It doesn't do anything to you. Um, so it just gives your brain the thinking that you're seeing monsters. Again, though, my whole thing is, if, if it tricks your brain into thinking you're seeing monsters, why are you then seeing red bubbles? Like, who's afraid of red bubbles? Like, I don't, like, understand that. Like, Well, I used to be all... freaked out by that pink bubble on the Mr. Bubble container. He used to freak me out like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, or, or the game Bubble, the Nintendo game, what was it called? Bubble Bob or whatever? Oh, yeah, Bubble Bob. Um, yeah. It was like a you know, little kid's game. That game terrified me though as a kid, man. So. Oh, yeah, I know. I used to have nightmares. So, so apparently, you know, this weapon is a mind weapon, which presumably would mean that each individual would have their own greatest fear that would manifest to them, like, not everyone has the same fears in life, or the same monsters that they're afraid of, so, like, some people might be afraid of snakes, so they'll see snakes, some people might be afraid of, like, big animals, like bears, or tigers, or lions. Or some people <laughs> might be afraid of big red bubbles. You see red bubbles, but apparently everyone is afraid of big red bubbles in this universe, because that's what everyone sees. That's so. the name of my other band, it's called Big Red Bubbles. We're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're touring, um... <laughs> Once the once we're allowed to go out in public again, um, we're going to be touring um, all over the universe. Um, we're yeah. going to travel from planet to planet and play uh, yeah. play our bubble songs. Tiny Bubbles yeah. is our yeah. favorite, is our big hit. We we do yeah, a cover the, of, cover of Tiny Bubbles. Yeah, the the band is called the 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 Legion of Dark Worlds, and the album is uh, Big Red Bubbles. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and, uh, so, so they find, you know, so then Count Bazaar's tricked them. He, he, see, you see, he wanted them to, to find his, his lair. That was all part of his big dark plan somehow. So then he's like, ha ha ha. And oh my God, the W on his laugh is the greatest thing ever. He's like, <laughs> and then like, his laugh is like two seconds. And, off. and he's one of the few uh, people that did their own voice in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my God. So he goes into a whole, like, villain speech, you know, whatever. Like, this was my plan all along. And in one hour's time, I'm going to destroy this planet and everything not. And it's like, but that's your planet. That's your been going to destroy your own weapon? What? I looked at the Death Star self-destructed itself on purpose. There'd be no point of a new hope. Like, Luke Skywalker's about to shoot me, he's like, all right, I got an eye, and then just blows up. He's like, uh, okay. Like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> you want the shockwave to hurt you guys. Uh, okay, we can just fly away from it. It's no big deal. Oh, well, that was planned. Well, okay, I guess. But... Yeah, so, God. I don't know. This movie's fun. Um, anyways... <laughs> Very fun. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, and I mean, it, it's it's interesting um, that uh, that they wrote a uh, they wrote this movie based on the novelization of Star Wars. <laughs> they never saw the movie. They right. read they read the book though, <laughs> and then got to work on their own version. Right, because the books are a little bit different. They they yeah, yeah they add the detail and stuff. So that's it. He, he may have like thought Star Wars was so much different than what it actually was, just by reading you know only the book version of it. Yeah. 
and uh, so what else happened? I know the all oh, the, the the big robot monster machines they have to guard the palace, not not let them leave or whatever. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what else happened in this movie. He yeah, he says don't let them leave or kill them. He's gonna kill them in an hour anyway. So what does it matter if they leave? Whatever. And um, so they get into a big fight with the robots. This is funny. So apparently, Axton can survive being shot with lasers to the chest at point-blank range, like seven different lasers. But if he gets stabbed in the arm, or not even stabbed, he just gets like... He got, he got like arm. a flesh wound on his shoulder. That was about it. Yeah. It was like, I don't know. And somehow that killed him. Or that was part of like his destiny or whatever, because he knew the future, so I guess he had to die from that, like some yeah. whatever, and then uh, and then the body just dematerializes in this weird like laser shitty of eighties of seventies effect, where it's just like a silhouette of his body and just looks like a bunch of colors, and then he just you know disintegrates. But, but he said he'll live forever, so I'm not sure what that means. If that's like going back to his like religious days as a pre- preacher. He'll live forever, like by the side of Christ or some shit like that. I don't know. But, like, they were setting it up for the sequel that they never made. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the they 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 beat them. You know, the, the robot monsters. David Hasselhoff. We had David Hasselhoff or, or Simon or Prince Simon. He he kills the. By the way, somehow. Okay, so the laser sword. You know, we're not going to call it a lightsaber. Laser sword, when Acton had it, it looked like it was part of his own, like, costume, like his shirt or whatever. Yeah. But then somehow, David Hasselhoff had it later on as though it was, like, a separate thing. But when Acton had it, it was blue. And then when David Hasselhoff had it, I think it was green. So it's like, okay, so it changes colors now, depending on who uses it. Okay, and... Might, maybe I, I it does. It. I don't know. <laughs> they never explained it, of course. And um, then they they go they they go back home. They tell the emperor, like you know, hey, you know, he, you know, Count Zarth is gaining more power. This is going to be like the end game. Ooh, end game, get it? And yeah. then um, <clears throat> so then like Christopher Plummer's guy is like, we need to mount an attack. You know, all stoic or whatever. So. He, they're all just standing there watching as he sends all of like his regular soldiers to fight in the big final battle. It's like, okay, so like if that was Star Wars, and it's like all the main characters just sit out the final battle, and like we're just watching like these random characters that just show up for the first time in the entire movie, so we have like no emotional attachment to them whatsoever. It's like if Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and like, you know, Obi-Wan or whatever, they're all just, like, standing there watching, like, these randos fight to the death. Not only that, they their big plan was, all right, we're going to shoot these torpedoes through the vacuum of space into the lair of the Count, and it's going to break the windows, but, like, nobody's getting sucked into space, so it's like, and okay. Doesn't he, like, stop time at some point? Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, I forgot. Thank you. So, yeah, they had to do a time stop to get out of the, um, yeah, to get out of the planet, like, the, the, the planet with all the red bubbles. So, like, yeah, yeah, he did a time stop for three minutes, only three minutes. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's a budget thing. But, yeah, you can't, can't do five minutes, only three-minute time stops. So then they, that gave him enough time to leave, and then the planet explodes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And uh, I guess... They only had that power to do that once. They couldn't do it multiple times for whatever reason, so whatever. And then, um, so yeah, time stop is over. And then they go back to the Emperor's realm or whatever. And then they, they send the regular foot soldiers to fight the final battle instead of the main characters for some reason. And then um, they're like, we're going to shoot these torpedoes through their windows, which, you know, that would be cool enough as it was. Like, all right, we'll just suck them into space. Great idea. No, it doesn't do anything. Like, okay, well... It won't suck them into space, but hey, they're torpedoes, right? They're missiles to blow up. Oh, no, they're not missiles. They're soldiers inside of the missiles 
who have laser guns and they pop out like why not just shoot actual missiles at them? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta go all trojan horse with the thing or something but not <laughs> it's like you're, you're wasting like your soldiers lives for this for no reason like <laughs> well they knew what they signed up for when they uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, just like on a Death Star. You know, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the construction workers do a dangerous job, you know. <laughs> Hopefully they got hazard pay. Anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then, I mean, basically then we, the, what what happens next? I'm trying to remember. It's like uh, the the battle, like, between the Emperor and the Armada. Yeah, well, they, it's okay. I watched the movie twice, and I watched, like, three different reviews of it. So it's Yeah, first I watched it right once, now. one and a half times, because I got bored the second <laughs> yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's a boring movie. So, yeah. they, they lose that battle, all of a sudden get killed from their torpedoes. And then Count Zark is like, ha, 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 I'm going to be the entire ruler, or the ruler of the entire universe. Oh, and then, and like Stella Star's like it's over, it's it's done. We we, we lost. And then Christopher Plummer's like it's not quite over. There's still one more move we can make. And then like David Hasselhoff is like, yes, there is the the floating city or something like that. And it's like what? And then it's like Star Crash. And it's like yes, we can we can go to their place undetected until the last second and then we'll do a surprise attack or whatever so apparently they got this floating city that apparently can just crash into things I don't know whatever and then um or it has a bunch of bombs which why not just use some of those bombs before instead of sacrificing hundreds of your soldiers lives who had families and children and spouses and nieces and nephews and uncles like no we'll we'll, we'll wait to the very last moment where we know we're going to lose before we pull this card play this card so you know fuck these soldiers they deserve to die apparently so um because I'm the emperor and I can just decide who lives and dies I guess because I'm Christopher fucking Plummer piece of shit pun intended and um (laughs) <laughs> and no, no, no offense to him. I'm just saying. <laughs> Took me a second to get that the plumber joke. Okay, oh, anyways, good, um... good. yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, 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 I'm proud of that one. <laughs> <laughs> so they do the star crash maneuver, which I'm either is a bunch of bombs or literally just crashed into his his ship with an entire city. He just doesn't do it. But you'd also be risking the lives of the people in the city if you crashed into something. You know, whatever. So anyway, it, it works. And I tell you what, this is the greatest scene in movie three. This explosion scene goes on for like two straight minutes. Like, from every angle possible you could ever imagine. Like, oh, the sparks look great if we're looking up, but now we got to look sideways. Now we got to look down. Now we got to look diagonally. And it looks like a bunch of Legos with a bunch of sparklers around it. Like, this goes on for like two minutes. And Count Zark is going, the whole time as, you know, he's in his lair. And presumably he dies, but who knows? Because they were, I guess they were, they were going to make a sequel. They never did, but I bet you he would have come back or maybe Thor would have come back or some shit. This time he's painted purple or something. It's, 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 it's his brother, Gore. And, um, yeah, Al Gore. Yes. And, uh, and then he fights that big Trump thing. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so so yeah, and then they basically they win, and Stella and El are picked up by Simon, and they embrace, and then the Emperor delivers a short victory speech. <laughs> yeah, and right roll credits. I don't, oh yeah, yeah, they rebuilt Al. Al came back, so he's alive again. Yeah, forgot about that. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, they, do, do you want to take another break here, Matt, and then we'll come back with some, yeah. uh, some like reviews and trivia and stuff? Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll be right back. Hey, folks, this is uh, Michael E. Cullen II. 
um, from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with Matthew Haas. We just wanted to tell you about our great, great podcast Super. called Super. It's called All Too Real. And on that show, what, what do we do, Matt? We, we watch biopics, and then we talk about whether or not the movie matched up with the real story or not. So we, we, It's a lot we, more exciting than that, though. Yeah, so, 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 so we, we analyze the real story and the real story. Get it? Get it? Real. You know, yeah, they're spelled differently, folks. Yeah. You can guess which one I said which way. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, so uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, but we uh, talk about great, great, uh, great movies like uh, Shattered Glass yes. and The Social Network and uh, – a futile and stupid gesture, among others. Um, those are some of the ones that we've covered so far, and uh, we're going to cover a lot more. So uh, please uh, subscribe on Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you uh, find your great, fun podcasts. And be sure to share it with your friends. Do it. Do it. Do it. And make sure you're not afraid to get all too, too real. Bye bye. And we are back. Back. Okay, so here's here's a little bit of interesting trivia about this movie. David Hasselhoff got food poisoning during the shooting of the film, and a production assistant in a mask filled in for a significant number of scenes. So that's probably why he was wearing that mask. Oh my god! So that wasn't even Hasselhoff half the time, and um, he also <laughs> Hasselhoff also did most of his own stunts, and on his first day. Of stunt work, he accidentally knocked out an Italian stuntman's tooth. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, Christopher Plummer was paid $10,000 per day for this movie. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, um, basic, so, uh, New World Pictures producer Roger Corman picked up the film to uh, the rights to it to see if a uh, market existed for a low budget space opera this influenced his decision to uh, go ahead with battle beyond the stars 1980 which uh, we should cover for this in the future <laughs> it's another great space opera um yeah and most of uh, christopher Plummer's scenes were shot in a single day uh there was a dinosaur scene filmed but deleted. Um, the there was a the the character of Acton was originally devised as a grotesque alien, but Marjo Gortner refused to wear any heavy makeup. So, uh. The uh, martial arts scenes were f- were improvised on set, <laughs> which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the Caroline Monroe was originally going to wear the skimpy leather bikini outfit throughout the entire film, but American <laughs> studio executives insisted that the writer director have uh, Monroe wear less provocative clothing in the second half because they thought the film would have problems being broadcast on network television. <laughs> which, which, which as, as we know now, it's it's broadcast on network television like every week, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, and like I said before, Christopher Plummer admitted that he did the film so he could visit Italy for free. In an interview, he said, give me Rome any day. I'll do a porno in Rome as long as I can get to Rome. Um, Getting to Rome was the greatest thing that happened in that for me. That's hilarious. In 1980, Caroline Monroe appeared on the cover of the science fiction fantasy magazine Starburst opposite Mark Hamill and Kirk Douglas. She was interviewed about this film, um, her other roles in other films, her childhood, and her modeling career. The magazine came with a bonus poster of her posing for the camera. (laughs) But, but, um, 
Wow. <clears throat> yeah, Joe Spinell also worked as a who, who played uh, Zarth. Also worked as a dialogue. Also worked as a dialogue director on set. He dubbed his own voice using a different accent to hide his distinctive New York accent. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so so that's kind of interesting. Um, do you want me to read some uh, reviews from the film? Yeah, sure. Yeah, these are, I'm going to find some reviews here from the Internet Movie Database. Which is my favorite website. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Might be. I'm just saying that. Anyways, um, <laughs> here, um, here is a, uh, eight out of ten. Awfully good by Shark43. On uh, November 30th of 2003. It's awful, all right. It's in a hilarious way. This movie is awful in almost every category. Special effects, sound, costumes, set, acting, and the script. But if you like good cheese, if you can embrace the spirit of Ed Wood and others like him, then you'll love this campy sci-fi disaster. Marjo Gortner gives one of the truly worst performances I have ever seen. He either is uh, phoning it in or overacting like crazy. I swear, watching the beginning, he almost doesn't blink for an entire ten minutes. Creepy. Um, and for all of those who uh, saw this movie as young lads, I can see why Miss Monroe would make such an impressive impression on you. Woo-wee! That's what I'm, I'm quoting with them, they said. Okay, and, and that <laughs> that is some hot leather space bikini they have her in. Uh she was gorgeous and all, but my God, some of the fight scenes are are unintentionally hilarious. Um, good, silly fun. Yeah, basically, from all the reviews I'm reading, are uh, basically they say Caroline Monroe in a bikini is the only reason to watch the movie. No, come on, you got Thor, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> I uh yeah I don't know if I feel like reading any more of these because they're all pretty much the same um <laughs> to be honest <laughs> so so I'm gonna ask you Matt um would you recommend this movie to anyone oh absolutely like <clears throat> like especially now if you want something that's just like you know to make fun of like you know even if you are, you know, doing practicing like you know social distancing, you know, you know, do a do a watch party, FaceTime, whatever, you know, watch it at the same exact time and just to talk about it because it's it's unintentionally hilarious. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not a spoof on purpose. It's it's an accidental spoof, but it's like, yes. I mean, it's probably funnier than Spaceballs in some ways because it's just like, oh, for sure. <laughs> but I do love Spaceballs. Um, oh yeah, are they making a sequel to that, or is that a rumor? That rumor's been going around for like fifteen years, so I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> it may happen. I hope so. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I think I would recommend this movie to people, like you said, for something fun to watch. Um, but other than that, you know, it's it. Don't expect uh, something good. <laughs> yeah. You probably shouldn't really expect anything good from any of the most of the movies we review on this podcast. So, um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, except for like when we when we do things like know, Star Wars and you know and yeah, Star Wars, Shattered Glass for the you know the the other show. Well, that's the other show. Yeah, th- this show is different. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But like on this show, you know, or, or like when we did Aladdin or uh, Avengers. But um, yeah, yeah. So, um. But, you know, if, if you did like this episode, please uh, subscribe to our show. Um, give us a five-star review on Apple or whatever uh, podcast app you happen to be listening to this on, if they allow you to do that. And if they don't, go to, yeah. one, that, go, go to one that does, because that really does help us to get more people to know that we exist and listen to us. 
Um, you know, check out our uh, T Public. Buy some uh, merchandise, or as they call it in the biz, merch. <laughs> I don't know where that came the from, but um, that's what the kids call it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the cool kids, and uh, yeah. and all the cool kids are also you know uh, you know uh, checking out Patreon and donating money for uh, cool stuff too. Yeah, yeah, we can help. It can help us out a lot in times like these, because times like these, Absolutely. I learned to live again. Times hey. like these. Oh, sorry. Anyways, um, <laughs> not sure why I'm uh, quoting Foo Fighters, but uh, so uh, anything else, Matt? Before we uh, head off into space, you know, just uh. Just, you know, be, you know, be safe, you know, right now. Just be, you know, try to, you know, try to have some fun, but try to be safe at the same time. Try not to, you know, get too, you know, too wrapped up into this whole, you know, COVID-19 business. Just try to, you know, maintain some kind of a schedule, you know, routine. Um, you know, that's the only thing I can say right now is some kind of advice. Just, you know, just, you know. We'll get through this, you know, just need to kind of just, you know, be a little bit more cautious and safe than normal and, and wash your hands. Fun. Yeah, wash your hands and face and heck, even wash your fucking wrist and arms while you're at it. But, because, um, you know, whatever. And then, um, take a shower, you dirty, dirty take person. Take a shower every day. Oh. Yeah, just, you know, like, you know, you don't, you don't got to treat this kid for things. Like, you know, we can still do things, we can still have fun, we can still, just, we just need to kind of just be a little bit. For a lot of right now, you know, and this will, it's, not a, it's not a hoax, not, not a conspiracy, you know. And just so people know, this is the this is the first episode. We're gonna I'm gonna air this first um, in the uh, in our Star Wars uh, um, saga that we're going to do. Um, after this, join us. The next episode will be our um, our episode on the original trilogy. I just figured we'd start out with a nice little fun aside. <laughs> In the well, world, yeah. in the in the world of Star Wars wannabes, and uh, yeah. yeah, we're just gonna do this little Star Wars uh, little thing for a little bit. Um, next episode, join us, and we'll have a special guest here. It was already recorded prior to uh, any of the craziness in the world, but um, so uh, but until next time, um, be good. Yeah. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at cullenpark.com.